on our website we see that traffic triples uh, during these uh, heavy yeah. months. If things go really wrong, we don't want to have to deploy to fix it. We want to just be able to click a button and then things go normal. One of the things we do is to actually find out how many requests a single instance of our webshop can handle. Because it doesn't scale uh, linearly, we sometimes have to get smart. Welcome to the Ball.com Tech Lab podcast. In this episode, we dive deeper into the IT aspects of a business topic. How to prepare for the peak load of the season. Black Friday, Sinterklaas, Christmas, and even Singles Day is included. That's traditional, a period where the load of basically everything in our webshop and in the whole landscape or whole IT landscape increases dramatically. The slogan of the project that's preparing for all this is deliver careless holidays for our customers. So Peter. Yes, yes, nice subject. In 2012, in June, I started working for Bob.com. And one of the first days uh, I joined Bob.com, my lead came to me and said, well, okay, we have to start preparing for the season. Can you do this? And you know me. I said yes, without knowing what she was talking about exactly. And of course, that changed quickly after. Seven years later, we still prepare for the season, but things change since. Let's find out with our guests what the Season Readiness Project is about. Yeah, so today's uh, guests are uh, Joshua Potkieter. Sorry, he's a software engineer in the shopping space, focused mainly on the on the webshop. Lars de Bruin, also a software engineer in the shopping space, same focus. And both are also uh, site reliability engineers. And then we have uh, Sven Weda, a service delivery manager in the shopping uh, uh, space. IT project lead for the holiday season, as we uh, call it. And he's really helping all the teams in Bold.com prepare uh, to have a successful uh, season. So uh, welcome. And uh, Sven, what are we actually preparing for? <laughs> yeah, good question. So uh, yeah, like you mentioned, holiday season. November up until December, and it's actually uh, the highlight of many people, but especially in retail uh, country, uh, because it is uh, the period in which all the nice days fall, like Singles Day, Black Friday, Christmas, and Sinterklaas, and also the days on which uh, the most customers come to our website and to our apps, so a uh, lot to prep for. So basically very busy days for us. Yes, yes. Uh, generally speaking, historically, always the two Major highlights, Christmas and since recently Black Friday, uh, are amongst those. So, uh, yes. So, th there's a lot of traffic, uh, a lot of packages to be delivered. Um, can you give an idea of the uh, the magnitude and the, yeah, the people that it impacts, basically? Uh, Volume-wise? Um, yeah, packages. Can, can I just name some numbers or uh, not really? I have no idea whether that sense. Oh, do they, do they <laughs> double? Do they double or triple or 10 times? Or yeah, yeah. It's hundreds of thousands of orders at least. Mm -hmm. um, and also packages that have to go out, uh, especially on the busy days. Yeah. So it's not only demanding for logistics and warehouse systems, but also for our third parties actually delivering all those packages. Mm -hmm. uh, on our website, we see that traffic triples uh, during these uh, heavy yeah. months. So, um, yeah, I think that's felt with throughout the whole company. Also, customer care, because lots of orders also means more customer cases. Mm -hmm. uh, so, also for them, partners, it's quite uh, heavy. Yeah, so it's an intense period in, in which we have to deal with a yeah, lot of questions, a lot of traffic, a lot of packages uh, uh, to be delivered. Yep. And, yeah, 
uh, how do we prepare for such events? Uh, yeah, fair question. I'm already <laughs> looking to my neighbors. <laughs> um, but with 60 scrum teams, that's really a big operation. So yeah. um, um, making it top of mind is really one of the most important things. So mm. we do a lot of estimations on what kind of load and sales and um, uh, peaks we can expect. Mm -hmm. So that's based on uh, history, but also on, on, on the uh, evolvement of the infrastructure, for example, mm -hmm. or, or, or different platforms or new introductions of third parties. Uh, that can all always influence everything and also more and more people are moving towards the apps nowadays. Yeah. Uh, so all these kinds of things we try to estimate, uh, get that into the minds of people. Mm -hmm. and, and since we truly believe in autonomous teams, we uh, kind of push them to do the effort to actually make those numbers work. Okay, so basically you're doing some calculations on based on, on our growth rate and stuff like that to calculate, let's say, a new peak and you keep into account that we, for example, split some services into microservices. So uh -huh. that there's also things with the traffic, that there's uh, a shift from web to app, uh, and, and you come up with a number. And <laughs> for a backend service, that means that you will have to be able to handle this amount of requests per second and for uh, more front end. That, and then you give them the number and say, OK, make sure <laughs> you can handle this, something like that. Uh, yeah, pretty much, yes. So what, yeah. they, what, what do they do then? You can, <laughs> you can do the project with Betsy or Betsy Paul. No, no, I love watching Fender with it. <laughs> 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 we go over to, to Lars and Joshua. <laughs> to, uh, oh, then you know the numbers. <laughs> what, what do you do? Um, well, traditionally, uh, Sven or someone like Sven would come to us and say, hey, we're expecting this much load, these many uh, client requests per second. Uh, I deal with the web shop, so that's directly to the, the outside world, the, the clients that actually connect to uh, Boulder.com. Uh, and then we would uh, we run a daily load test to make sure that you know, on a daily basis we're performing well enough. Uh, and sometimes we have to put a little bit higher um, or sometimes we see that it's not performing like it used to and we, we have to just improve our service or, or scale up our service. Uh, there's a lot more that goes into that, uh, obviously, but uh, that's that what we used to do. Now we uh, we try to actually uh, throughout the year stick to this uh, season load, so we don't wait for, for Sven to come along and say, "Hey, you're going to get uh, these many thousands of requests per second. We we try to uh, at the end of season already judge what the next year's season is going to be based on historical data, and uh, and start looking from day one if we can meet the load for next year and how we can improve. Okay, and what are typically uh, things that we need to improve to handle the growth and uh, be able to yeah, handle the peak capacity? What, what would so uh, the easiest is scaling, adding more servers, handling more requests. But unfortunately, most things don't scale linearly and uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we have to take that into account. Um, so as Sven said, uh, the landscape changes, uh, the kind of features we offer our clients changes, and that involves connecting to new services, um, uh, tweaking uh, our current services. But uh, because it doesn't scale uh, linearly, we sometimes have to get smart or write mm -hmm. better code or um, build better resilience, uh, decide on different architectures. Uh, do we do caching? Do we do streaming? Um, you know, we, we go and investigate, we go and experiment on what works, what doesn't work, because we're testing these uh, theories every single day. Yeah, we've got the whole year to uh, 
try and find something that works. Okay. And do you take like any special uh, measures for resilience? Because this is one of the times of year that one one of the services basically isn't available. That that we need this resilience to, yeah, be able to still offer other functionality on the website. So uh, yes, definitely. The one of the things we do is to actually find out uh, how many requests a single instance of our webshop can handle. With that number, we can extrapolate that to. Uh, to the expected season load uh, and make sure that we are indeed able to hit those numbers. On the other hand, we also uh, do active uh, resiliency testing. So mm -hmm. uh, comparable to uh, Chaos Monkey, for example, mm -hmm. uh, we uh, slow down services on, uh, on our acceptance environment until they become really slow. And eventually we, we kill them off altogether and see how our shops behave mm -hmm. and how our landscape behaves. And, uh, Based on the information we find at that point, uh, we, we make improvements to make sure that if that worst-case scenario happens, uh, that we're able to cope with it best we can. Okay, so basically you're telling us there that what you're doing is you're, you're breaking things to <laughs> test how, how the other things uh, are still operating uh, when things are broken. And with that data uh, and with the logs that come from that, try to improve uh, the stuff, right? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. To get a little more technical, I suppose, um, we have ways of of creating resilience uh, mm -hmm. because uh, at the scale at which we're calling our underlying services, um, we've got thousands of connections open uh, at a time. And when something goes wrong with an underlying service, um, that can create uh, a lot of back pressure. It can create a lot of CPU usage for us. And when we're already sitting um, at these limits, um, that can obviously put things over the edge and causes a bigger problem. So not only do we have to uh, scale for more load than we expect, so that if in case one of our servers goes down, you know, that's fine. We also have to prepare for the eventuality that underlying services, important services go down. And we have to understand how we react to that. We, we have to have fallbacks to that. We have to, um, we have to tweak our resilience because we've got resilience libraries and we have to tweak them for each specific type of service, specific type of call, uh, how long we keep the connection open when something goes wrong is an increase, uh, incredibly uh, important decision mm -hmm. because um, it costs us a lot of CPU to keep those connections open. And if it's going to a failing service and you're <laughs> just calling it thousands of times per second, um, yeah, it causes a, a lot of chaos. So like Lars said, we, we start killing services and we wait for things to break. And when they break, we go and investigate why they broke and how we can improve it. And we take those learnings and we apply them uh, to all the other services. Uh, one of the things Lars has done uh, earlier this year was uh, tweak all our resilience libraries to all our services um, that we connect to uh, before we even started season uh, preparation. Just so we, we've taken all our learnings and we've uh, applied them. Up front. Yeah. yeah, so um, in terms of numbers of services you're connecting with from the webshop uh, perspective, uh, do you have do you have an idea? Uh, I would say we have about eighty direct connections to services, and that obviously dripples down to mm -hmm. to even more services. Yeah. yeah. So, and 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 do you also check those underlying services in in terms of what they can handle, or is it for you just the yeah? Top so level? one of the first things we do when we start uh, season readiness is increase the load on our acceptance environment to season load. Uh, and that's also the moment uh, where we find our own bottlenecks, which we'll investigate and fix, but also bottlenecks with uh, 
uh, downstream services. And um, uh, if we find those bottlenecks, we'll see what we can do about uh, uh, issues that we find. Uh, but we'll also uh, work together with the team uh, to help them uh, solve the issues. And and uh, that's that's on the web shop. And uh, Sven also mentioned the the apps. How do we how do we test the apps uh, uh, in a similar way, or is it? Yeah, similar way. Only they uh, use different services. Well, they share some of the underlying services, but they also have some uh, services that the web shop uh, desktop part does not use. So uh, we test those in a similar way. Yeah. And are there different types of findings in the app compared to, to the web shop also for the underlying service? Or is that, does it give like a similar pattern there or is it really different? Um, we, we have conceptually two different architectures. Uh, we're typically rendering uh, HTML, that's what we do. Um, and we have worked uh, a lot of blocking connections uh, to outlying services. We don't really do a lot of streaming. Uh, the apps have or at least their backing services have actually gone and done quite a lot of cool stuff with a lot of uh, new libraries and done a lot of streaming and async processing uh, where they don't need massive caches like uh, like we do. Mm-hmm. So they do handle it on a very uh, different way, but it works for them and we try to learn from them and you know, sometimes they learn from us. Uh, <laughs> we just got to see which, uh, which architecture scales best and then we kind of just follow that. Yeah, and but but in the end, for for some services, you 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 get to connect to the same service. For instance, if you want to know a price or a delivery date, then you connect to the same service. Uh, absolutely, uh, there are a lot of things that are shared between us. Uh, things uh, like caching services between services. That the more we use it, uh, the more they get benefit from it as well, because we're kind of hitting the same stuff. People tend to look at the same uh, offers, uh, yeah. especially on uh, on Black Friday. You know, you have. Uh, specials on a, a lot of products. People tend to look at those products a lot, and they, our caches are very warm at that stage, and we don't really worry about them. You also said that your, um, uh, I think, I think it was Lars uh, who said it. Uh, you t- talked about uh, monkey uh, chaos uh, testing. W- what do we learn from from those aspects? What uh, and how do we follow up? So um, basically. What we do is eventually we kill we kill out a service and we do one service at a time, uh, and um, and we know how that service is used within our application. So we also know uh, uh, which parts are important uh, and can investigate uh, what actually breaks. Uh, so in the event of a specific service. Uh, we we brought it down and we found that we were missing a lot of uh, text messages on HTML pages, uh, uh, making that page actually uh, quite useless. Uh, so that's one of the things we we caught when uh, doing that chaos testing, um, and it allowed us to to have uh, fallback text values in, in case that happened. And there's a lot a lot of different uh, uh, scenarios that you can. Uh, think of, but definitely also, you won't think of them uh, unless you you've seen it happen. Yeah. Plus, I can imagine that if you do it like this, you can uh, think of of uh, another way working around it in a relaxed uh, way instead of having to determine it when under pressure on the busiest day and finding a solution for it. So that that sounds also uh, reasonable to to test for. Okay, but uh, a lot of teams are involved. 
uh, I assume. Uh, you have to deal with all the services. How do you uh, coordinate all this, uh, Sven? Uh, yeah, well, uh, that truly is is a challenge and quite difficult because, uh, like you mentioned, we have over 60 scrum teams, I think, nowadays. And so it's not just me who, uh, who checks out with them. We truly trust in their independence. So we give them some pointers on what kind of testing we expect them to do at least. So uh, say like an N-1 test to test for robustness. Um, see how their uh, response times uh, uh, react on higher load, stuff like this. Scaling up on time, requesting their hardware if they need it, because there's lead time to actually de de delivering that. Um, and so there are, there are many tests, but we also ask them for perfect storm scenarios, for example. And for each of those services, these will differ. For example, uh, if you are in a payment service, uh, you're connected to Ideal, and that's a third party. So, so what do you do when they are slow? Because we cannot really uh, ac actively uh, do something with that. Mm -hmm. So uh, how do you handle that? But for, an, for, for another service, it might be speed. That's really important. For another uh, service, it might be uh, completeness of data that you get from someone. Uh, so there's different challenges and different scenarios for every, every service. So, and we cannot really uh, think that out for them. Uh, so we really ask that from them. Um, we follow up on it. So me and my colleagues. Um, getting their progress and also uh, identifying bottlenecks, flagging items that we don't feel comfortable with. Uh, and we share these within the uh, IT management team every now and then, so every two weeks. Uh, we share that progress. We can highlight stuff that we do like, don't like, so that they can actually uh, put additional effort in to get it working if needed. Okay, and then the interesting question is, we, we enter the season, and, and I think it probably starts already at the beginning of November. And you see the, the increase of traffic towards the web, uh, web shop. And I remember back in those days, I told you, yeah, 2012, we, we talked about a freeze. We had a period of freeze that we don't deploy. Uh, and over the years, I think we improved as organization. What is the, the, the status nowadays? Do we deploy, et cetera? No freeze. No freeze. <laughs> no freeze at all. Um. Yeah, I think about two years ago, uh, the teams were told, hey, make your own choices, you know, uh, whether you want to deploy or not uh, during the season. Uh, so we, we were given that uh, responsibility. Uh, and we decided, yeah, let's, let's not freeze. We, we're continuously building and uh, improving our services. Uh, there's no reason to stop developing. There's no reason to stop improving uh, performance, uh, resilience, uh, uh, adding features for next uh, for next season even uh, so yeah I mean we understand that a, an actual deploy of a service might have an effect on uh, on the end client maybe reduce uh, uh, the speed at which they they receive a page uh, or an HTML page for example so we we tend not to push our luck and deploy during Black Friday for instance um, but yeah, we're always open to, to doing it. We don't think that there's any reason not to. And it's probably even better because you don't collect all the changes for four weeks before you have, a, again, a period that you can deploy and, and introduce a lot of new stuff. Uh, so that, that's Absolutely. Yeah. That, I think one of the most important things is uh, we used to deploy every month or every two months uh, a couple of years back. And until, um, I think, two years ago, we uh, we were still deploying every two weeks maybe, and now now we deploy uh, every single day, 
And it is, in fact, because we're constantly pushing through so many changes uh, and bug fixes and, and features uh, that we have to deploy daily, and we'd like to deploy even more often than that. Otherwise, it is. It just builds up to this giant list of, of features. And when something goes wrong and you've got to figure out what, you don't want to look through a whole change list uh, exactly. of uh, uh, two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we also use that then to, to increase performance, where we say that on, on an already busy day that we saw, oh, this, this was very close to what we really can handle. And do we also like very actively we monitor that, maybe even use the not freeze to, to enhance our uh, software production to handle the load or? So obviously if we're gonna see something um, on Black Friday, we're gonna try and fix it before the next uh, heavy heavy load. Mm -hmm. uh, but ideally we don't ever want that to happen. Yeah. We, <laughs> we, we built a feature switching service uh, last year so we could turn things off and, uh, on and off. It's nice for us to create some security when deploying mm -hmm. that we, we deploy, um, on a daily basis, but we don't necessarily deploy the feature until we're ready to test it and uh, and support it. So we can then switch it on at a later stage. But we also have operational switches, which say, these are our, oh no, you know, perfect storm, things are really bad, mm -hmm. let's start turning things off. Um, so we've also kind of <laughs> built up uh, a little perfect storm scenario where if things go really wrong, we don't want to have to deploy to fix it. We want to just be able to click a button and then things go normal. You might miss a few features, but people can still buy products. Yeah, exactly. So so basically you uh, we use feature switches and we uh, we have like a, a like something to very easily uh, put turn things on and off basically and in case of a high load we could also decide to um, yeah, put off uh, some of the features. So that the the major things that are that that should be available, that really should be available, that they can basically still be used by our, our customers and our uh, sellers. Uh, yeah. yeah, cool. Yeah, so we, yeah, with the feature switches, we can uh, firstly decide which features we actually want to turn off, and depending on the feature, it may relieve load from WebShop itself or from mm -hmm. one of its downstream services. Okay. So depending on the on the scenario we hit, we know exactly where we can relieve load by mm -hmm. using these feature switches, okay. which is really nice. But I can imagine that that also requires quite some active monitoring. So you really, on these busy days, I, I guess someone's, co or at least someone, one person's constantly watching these, right? Uh, you would say yes, but uh, the answer, well, depending. But but <laughs> maybe on the most heavy days, right? yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, we're actually quite confident. So during these days, yes, we ask for developers to uh, voluntarily uh, be on duty if they want, mm -hmm. because it's just a safeguard. If something does go wrong, we can fix it sooner than, than when they're not available. So mm -hmm. yes, uh, but it's not active monitoring. So um, we have a lot of alerting uh, on our systems, a lot of monitoring standard. Mm -hmm. uh, so we may focus on a... Um, on the most important days, like Black Friday, like the week before Christmas, we may act mon uh, actively monitor our systems, but actually we do rely on what's already in place. Yeah, okay. and to add to that, uh, Joshua and I have spent uh, since this year uh, a lot of time on site reliability engineering. Mm -hmm. uh, so we we not only prepare for the load uh, on WebShop for the season, but we also set specific targets, uh, for example, on response times. Mm -hmm. uh, so yes, we want to meet the the load, but we also want to do it in a in a way we find acceptable mm -hmm. uh, 
uh, and reliable for our customers. So by uh, by doing that all year and by having the alerts we have in place, uh, we actually get notified if we go above certain thresholds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so if the above so if the if the response times become too high, then you already get mm. alerted, right? Yeah. Yeah. So essentially, we we never have to sit and watch something and then. Uh, you know, it goes wrong. <laughs> okay. uh, typically what happens is um, we'll be aware of an issue long before it becomes an issue. Uh, ideally, you, uh, your logging should be, sm- uh, your monitoring should be smart enough uh, to tell you something is busy going wrong because mm-hmm. nothing, nothing just falls over in a, in a minute or two. It, it's usually kind of a slow burn up to a, a big problem. Okay. Um, so part of the site reliability uh engineering that we've been uh, doing this year is adding all of these new uh, monitor or adding all this new monitoring um, it's called uh, SLIs uh, mm-hmm. uh, service level indicators yeah uh, so what we've we've just done some basic ones around availability you know are the people getting actual webs uh, web pages to see mm-hmm. ni- with products on them very nice or and are they getting them within a specific uh, time frame are they you know is it does it feel fast and, and responsive mm-hmm. yeah so we monitor that, and then we set ourselves some objectives. Like, we don't want, uh, I don't know, more than 0.01% of, of errors uh, on our customer uh, customer journeys, as we call them. Um, and we monitor that throughout the year, um, and we, uh, we we watch that it's not kind of becoming a problem. Uh, and it's actually given us a lot of insight to actual problems that we don't know, because Sometimes you forget about the the not point not not one percent of our clients yeah. that that have a problem because you don't really see them in the logging you don't see them in the monitoring because mm-hmm. yeah there's such a tiny tiny fraction but this year we've really come to discover the clients that get the worst of us I guess so introducing this new way of of monitoring uh, with with the, the service level indicators and the service level objectives I think it was called uh, yeah. the, the combination of that Th- this gave you this new insight so, yeah okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, one question, but going back to the beginning of, of this episode, uh, I think Lars shared that throughout the year we we uh, we already test and stick to the season load, but that doesn't that does feel a bit um, uh, how do you call it? It uh, costly. And you're introducing a lot of extra capacity that you don't use. Is that you're a bit smiling now? <laughs> <laughs> People cannot see it. Is that is that the case, or do you uh, solve that in another way? Um, so, uh, for the sp- season specifically, we scale up. We we add a few extra machines, uh, but we don't uh, do that uh, during the whole year. So, after the season, we will typically scale down again uh, and run our season load on the remaining machines. Uh, so, yes, we will have a higher load than, uh, than uh, we expect for uh, the larger portion of the year. Uh, but that also allows us to uh, uh, to find uh, issues under high load uh, quicker uh, when they when they appear through changes or through yeah anything. Yeah, so it's a combination of downscaling again, but being aware of the season load mindset. Uh, yeah, it's basically being season ready the entire year. So <laughs> what's so funny about that, Sven? Is that the inside joke or? Yeah. The we we hear that phrase quite often, so <laughs> maybe a bit too often to take it seriously. Although uh, we do try to be season ready all year. Yes. So the um, 
yeah, to, to summarize, uh, a lot of work is being done already, at least in the shopping environment, uh, to, to be this uh, season ready. Um, with the, the season readiness project, we involve all the teams. And I, I think it's starting somewhere in, in June, July already with, uh, with the preparations. We had a kickoff in August. Yep. Yeah, the kickoff was for a whole tech department. Yeah, so luckily enough, we have a big auditorium in which uh, almost uh, all IT uh, colleagues can actually sit. So it's uh, about 300 colleagues uh, of chairs, I think, uh, in which our CTO uh, reminds of, of the importance and that it's actually coming. So uh, that's uh, always nice. And that's in uh, August. Okay, and then preparation starts in all, uh, in all tech. So now... And uh, heading to the uh, the end of October, are we already season ready? Can we share it or not? <laughs> hmm. <Sorry>. well, <laughs> from webshop perspective, uh, maybe it's best if you say it, right? Well, yeah, from web webshop perspective, we are definitely season ready. Yeah, it's always fingers crossed, of course. Eh? It's not uh, <laughs> shouting out loud with this kind of thing. So, uh, ah. yeah. The downstream services then, because that then that's the <laughs> thing that's still open, right? <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> uh, they are, we have some challenges remaining, as always. I think this will be my fifth season within Bold.com. Yeah. And I must say that, that every season brings a different uh, challenge. Mm -hmm. So, uh, to the best of my knowledge, this is one of the most clean runs we've had so far, which is also a little bit Ooh. dangerous, <laughs> saying <laughs> this out loud. <laughs> so I'm quite aware. And, and most of the time, something unexpected will sh will pop up and yeah. it will most likely be somewhere end of October. Um, so I'm quite aware and th this will occur and I expect it this year as well, but so far so good. And then see and what and happens end of October, right? Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> when when that shit hits the, the fan, are we uh, prepare, prepared for that? Do we prepare for, for those situations as well? Yeah, so that's one of the main learnings I got from the previous years is that you really have to redo this every year, year after year after year. And that's just because infrastructure change, our, our uh, third parties change, the people that we work with change. So it's new for at least a bunch of people every year. And that just means that you have to test, test, test and do it again and do it again. Yeah, but I also meant when you're into, uh, into trouble during the, the, the season, you have to work together on, on an and we call it an emergency. Yeah. Do we do we exercise for that as well? And we do sanitize our processes, and that's more uh, uh, do it as you experience it. Because if we experience uh, important outages or emergencies, which we uh, did also uh, this month, you get learning from it. And uh, one of those is that the incident process is, is not always followed uh, the way it's intended, and that just means we have to practice it more often. So. Uh, we're actually, well, I don't know if we do it literally, um, but we do write it down more easily to read and we share it amongst our colleagues uh, a lot more. Yeah. I see that Joshua wants, wants to add something to that. Yeah, it just kind of in the vein of never waste a good emergency. Uh, one of the things we've uh, tried within our team and we've also tried evangelizing to other teams is whenever there's uh, an emergency, an incident or something that goes wrong that we or the rest of the company can learn from, we, uh, well, we call it a post-mortem, Sven calls it an incident report, uh, and we try to put as much learnings into this document and share it through the entire company as possible uh, so we can, you know, prevent this in the future. The problem is you, you can't predict 
you can't predict these things. Um, you can try and prepare your best for them, and we have, uh, to the best of our knowledge. Um, but I suppose if they do happen, the thing we're most prepared for is, you know, learning from it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. Okay, yeah, it's it's already time to, uh, to go to, to the closing round. So to summarize for our listeners, what is your most important takeaway? Can you share it with us? Uh, the most important takeaway... Um, I suppose uh, it's the season is always a, a great opportunity to uh, take a, another good look at your application, uh, find those uh, really dirty spots and clean them up, uh, dive into the uh, the performance, the reliability, uh, and and really uh, really make it better. Um, and that's also usually where the challenges lie. Uh, and that's what, what I really like about preparing for the season. Yeah, uh, like uh, Lars says, uh, the challenges are uh, a lot of fun. Uh, I think most of the fun I have is seeing where things break and fail under load and you know how we can architect our way around it or maybe just clean, clean up some old code uh, to make things better. And it's a lot of fun. I think everybody should do it. Sven. Yeah, my takeaway would be, indeed, that that holiday season does give a lot of spirit and uh, that we should enjoy it, although it's quite hard work and you will get uh, problems that you did not expect up front. Um, Solve them, work around it, get some energy because it's really coming and it's nice. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, thanks thanks for that. Thanks, uh, Joshua, Lars and uh, Sven for uh, sharing your stories uh, with us. Yeah, it gave some uh, some great insight uh, in in the way we do a season uh, uh, preparation. And maybe it's like uh, Joshua shared it. Uh, he said, "Never waste a good crisis," but maybe we should uh, name it "Never waste a, a good season preparation." It's your, the time to 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 do a great stuff in your in in your applications. So uh, yeah, thanks for sharing, and yeah, hope to see you uh, come by in another episode. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you like the episode, check some of the others and subscribe to our feed. Go to Spotify or iTunes, search for Tech Lab and subscribe. And if you really liked it, please leave a review. Hope to meet you in our next episode. Have fun. <laughs>